Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and video show which brings you leadership lessons, knowledge and experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe so you won't miss a new episode. I'm your host, Fritz Bussemaker, and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Rajinder Yo. Hey, Rajinder, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Fritz. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you call me Raj. It makes Raj, it uh, yes. easier. Yeah. Raj, uh, I'm going to introduce you to our audience. You are yeah. born in Singapore, but now reside in Switzerland. And as a digital native, you've worked in various technology startups and has been supporting nations to tra- to the transition to genuine democracy since 2009. Something we'll definitely cover in our discussions. Uh, you have a background in international diplomacy, governance systems, democratic development. Uh, you are also the author of a number of books, Understanding France and the Challenges of the Yellow Vests, and the latest book, Shine, which we'll definitely cover in this program. So again, Raj, very much welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Fritz. Yeah. And Glad to be here. Yeah. I very much would like to start off our discussion with how did you get from Singapore <clears throat> to Switzerland? Was that with your parents? Was that a move when you were a grown-up? How did you get there? Well, um, I grew up in Singapore and, uh, you know, with the heat, with the tropical heat, uh, even as a child, I knew I had to go and live in a cooler country. <laughs> so um, as soon as I finished my national service, which is compulsory in uh, in Singapore, you know, I took the flight uh, to Europe, spent a year traveling uh, from Finland, uh, Nordic countries, and then, you know, came to Switzerland and studied French and then, you know, at the university uh, to study economics. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did your family feel about that? That Because uh, did you tell them, I'm not going to come back? Or uh, was that something you experienced when you were here? Well, well, I, I guess it was like, um, um, you know, they, they surely expected me to come back. But, you know, year after year, you know, I just got more activities on my on my list and, and uh and I, 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 I literally didn't go back. Uh, and, and I love it uh, to be in Switzerland. Uh, you know, the nature is great. Um, the, um, I love the country. I love the, the you know, the, the values the country represents. Um, and, uh, you know, in terms of democracy building and how citizens are, are, are treated here. So um, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an example for many countries uh, moving ahead. Um, including for Singapore, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now, as mentioned, uh, when I introduced you, uh, as a digital native, you've worked in various uh, technology startups, Mm -hmm. uh, which seems more more traditional career path, but you've also Mm -hmm. been supporting nations to the transition in genuine democracy. Yeah. Triggers me. What does that mean? Well, um, I, I... I got involved in the tech industry, I think, in uh, the late, uh, just before 2000, um, and, uh, you know, built some of the first uh, content management system and then information management systems. And some of my first clients were were, were, were the government here. Um, and, um, and, I, and I very quickly realized, you know, at first they were, of course, not, not very excited about technology because, you know, they thought they had the yellow pages. Why do we need the internet? You know, so we had to go through those uh, <laughs> those phases, but very quickly they started to see the um, the economic benefits of of digitalization, yeah. and and what I particularly saw 
in in my experience of having built you know for about 15 years different um federal government projects is that <clears throat> sometimes you build an application that maps the the processes of how people work and cooperate and sometimes you can basically build um a, a, a technology platform that shapes how people cooperate so that got me really fascin fascin fascinated i was very fascinated by can we create um, um digital systems that actually help to increase efficiency of how people work and operate you know mm -hmm. so 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 that that was my 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 trigger point in terms of you know how we interact with uh, with technology and how we influence technology and how technology influences us yeah oh that th those are big thought that's uh, that reminds me of the whole uh, arab uh, arabic uh, arab spring uh, from that period where we all thought that this is going to be uh, a change for the good yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I was very involved. So after having, you know, worked um, for the, you know, provided solutions for the Swiss government uh, at federal level and at state level, when the Tunisian revolution happened, I thought, oh, that, that would be a great opportunity to build new processes for them, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> it, it made sense. So I designed an application uh, which was funded by the Swiss government um uh into tunisia to help citizens and ngos participate in the constitution development process so how could they rewrite their constitution you know with more people being involved something which was inspired by what happened in iceland in 2009-2010 but iceland had that those values built in for almost a thousand years while tunisia had no idea of how to you know self-organize and and um so so the power structures the high rashi structures in tunisia were, were were very present and so so i thought by building an application that allowed citizens to participate in the democratic process by you know reviewing the constitution participating in what needs to be in the constitution would have been a a a a a, a way to leapfrog you know they they're just an hour away by flight but yeah. but they are you know they are you know years behind in terms of you know um socio cultural economic development uh you know in a in a hyper globalized world so this is the same case for most of the um, the northern north african countries um and um and, and actually in 2011 after having you know um deployed solutions in in tunisia I worked on into Egypt and then in Ukraine uh, in 2014 in Maidan um, also. And, and I heard the same the same comments. I heard the same voices, the same frustrations about how citizens could not engage with the government, how citizens could not have access to better uh, governmental services. Um, and and that led me to basically writing the book uh, for France, uh, you know, the future of France, and and in light of the Yellow Vest movement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> hold on to that thought. You're jumping uh, the gun here. Yeah. Uh, I want to backtrack before I go to that book. Uh, uh -huh. Is um, if you're an IT, you know the saying: a a fool with a tool is still a fool. 
Yeah. So just getting the technology out there yeah. is yeah. not enough. Yeah. Now, uh, when you go, I mean, did you actually go to these countries? To yes. So, um, what did you bring outside the technology that people would be able to understand how to apply that technology that app to actually get it done what you were looking for, uh, what you're aiming for with that tool? Well, I think I think in in key was um, the ability to understand the structures of power, how how decisions are made, and yeah. uh, if there's consensus building involved, um, if you know who had the right to participate in in building the consensus. Um, so typically in third world countries, uh, you know, I, I would consider you know. Um, uh, Tunisia and and you know um, uh, some of the other northern African countries uh, as almost third world because the um, the idea of how a nation is built is very hierarchical. So yep. there's one superman and superman makes decisions and everybody follows those decisions, right? Uh, which is very is a huge contrast to Switzerland, where decisions are actually made at the local level. Uh, you know the the commune, and from the commune into the state, and and through the state to the federal level. Okay, now uh, you just described uh, th that's the difference between how it's done in Switzerland with quite mm -hmm. a long history, and what you describe uh, what's the opposite in yeah. uh, the countries you just mentioned. Yeah. But how do you then convince people if they are if they've grown up in that culture that okay you can do things differently? Um, yeah, I mean, c culture culture is not uh, ice block, mm -hmm. right? Uh, culture, you know, intermingles. Culture, you know, dissolves and evolves, and um, and 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 there is a natural cultural um, mutation between what people, let's say, in Tunisia, Libya, Algeria, what they live and what they see on TV. Okay. Right. So, so you already have a a, a cultural fluidity happening, uh, and, and the same thing, I guess, in Ukraine. Um, so culturally, they may be, you know, post-Sovietic country from 1994, but the very fact that Ukraine has been wanting to reach out into the West, Western ideas, Western media. Um, so you 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 already start to you know evolve the culture uh much broader so 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 culture can be um it's not stagnant it's a it's a it's a living embodiment of 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 the people and and their will uh and, and how they access media and information um <laughs> yeah good now okay you just mentioned you want to begin about your book understanding france and the challenges of the yellow vests uh maybe oh. to explain to people uh who about what the yellow vest, what that, that uh, what does that represent? Well, the 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 yellow vest movement in France basically represented uh, the the anger of of people in in France uh, in two thousand and uh, well, a couple of years ago. So two thousand and uh, was it nineteen or eighteen, um, where you know France decided to increase the carbon tax uh, on fuel. Uh, without consulting, you know, its population, and that 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 small increase of uh, fuel tax made it literally impossible for a lot of the French people to get to work. Um, so that took a huge portion of their budget. 
So the French people decided to, you know, protest against uh, that decision. And, um, you know, what, what made it common was the, the yellow vests that they had okay. in the cars. Yeah. So so it's one of the, the, the protest movements, one of the greater protest movements that we have seen in France for, for a long time. And, and France is the, the birthplace of the modern republic, um, which was also born out of a revolution against the king. Um, so so in, in light of that, I, and in light of the, the other revolutions that have been going on since the yellow since the Arab Spring, um, I thought there was a lot of common denominators. So I managed to, you know, um, to capture the common denominators across these different countries in transition, and I adapted it to the case in France, and 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 you know, sort of like explored why, why, why this is a real issue, like you know, the lack of social mobility, um, the the loss of trust in you know government, um, the the disconnection between the cities and the rural states. Um, and the lack of access of services in the rural regions. So these are, you know, very common denominators to to why uh, social unrest uh, okay. uh, happens. Yeah. So, so, but what was the mandate you gave yeah. yourself to write that book? Because what I'm observing mm -hmm. is this is a book about the Yellow Vest movement in mm -hmm. France, mm -hmm. and it's a book written by somebody born in Singapore who lives in Switzerland. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, what's, yeah. What was your mandate? Well, my, my my mandate was uh, to 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 call upon the French people and say, get your revolution right. Okay. You you are the the creators of the modern republic. The problems that the French have, you know, all republics across the world, they they have those same problems. It's about how citizens engage with 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 government. Okay, so this uh, is not a book written specifically for France, but taking the French example as absolutely. the foundation of the modern republic. So look, what's happening in France is can happen in other republics as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially in light of the, the digital world, um, you know, how we can, yeah. you know, uh, send money, receive money. Uh, we can connect to people around the world at zero cost, but we can't vote from your phone. We can't vote on issues. We can't participate in the in the in the consensus building. We can't participate in the political dialogue. So so these are these are natural <laughs> conflict points, um, if not addressed, neither in France nor anywhere else okay. in the world. Um, there's going to be a, a a clash. Yeah. Okay. Now, what was the driving mechanism, the driving force to write a book? But that's quite an, a big effort to sit down and write. Um, because I was so emotionally involved and I, I had laid so much faith in democracy. I had laid so much faith in, in the, the human ability to self-organize, to come together. Uh, that I was so emotional, I had to get it out of my system. <laughs> I, I had to to lay it out, you know, because otherwise I would have just gone, gone, gone crazy, you know. Um, so I saw the limitations. I saw the limitations. I saw how difficult it is, and and I thought that by by writing it down, by by creating pathways, um, by shedding light on you know alternative futures and mm -hmm. how we could use uh, technology to build better nations. Um, build a better republic. Um, you know, it, it was a healing process for me, uh, myself, uh, and uh, and uh, and I thought that you know that healing process would be um, would help 
some people think of a better, brighter, possible future. Um, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I understand now what drives you. But it, it, uh, in, in preparation of this interview, uh, Raj, I've also uh, uh, come across a couple of other initiatives you have done to help create a better world, like, for instance, the International NGO Day. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can uh, take the audience a little bit what that initiative was about and what you were trying to do with that. Well, the, the uh, International NGO Day was held at the United Nations uh, in Geneva. Uh, and um, it was just after the SDGs, the Agenda 2030 SDGs had been you know, deployed. And, and, it was so, and I thought that the SDG framework was a very good uh, uh, um, framework to build collaborative uh, collab to increase collaboration and cooperation, uh, and especially among uh, um, uh, NGOs who still had to learn what are, what are these frameworks and had to learn the vocabulary. So I invited around 200 different NGOs uh, into the UN, um, and you know, uh, and 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 structured their activities with regard to the SDGs to get them to you know reevaluate what they were doing with regard to the SDGs and how they could cooperate among NGOs, together with businesses and together with governments, you know, using the same language, you know, like working to end poverty or working to uh, build uh, gender equality or, 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 you know, sustainable uh, uh, cities, uh, you know. Okay. Um, so it was, it was a information, education, um, collaboration hub. Um, so to, to get them to... To understand on the need to to cooperate, um, you know, especially since you know most of their um, their their funding <laughs> most likely comes from uh, you know uh, uh, similar sources, uh, and so in, in times of um, you know economic and financial constraints, uh, there needs to be you know increased cooperation uh, uh, to, to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. So okay. now. Uh... What did you learn from organizing the International NGO Day? Well, I learned that cooperation and co collaboration is difficult. Okay. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, budgets mainly. People have to run hunt for budgets and preserve their budgets, build wall around their budgets. Um, they have to, you know, showcase what they're doing with their money, and and they they don't necessarily know how to cooperate and share the wins. Um, and, and this is not just at the NGO level, you know, having worked within the UN, I realized it was the same thing within the UN, within each of the silos mm -hmm. uh, and cooperation uh, across UN system organizations or even within the, the organization across the, the silos is, is very difficult, uh, uh, often because of, of budget constraints, how they do their reporting. How they share their outcomes, and you know how, how, the, how collaboration. I think it's um, uh, it's it's um, it, it's a challenge. You know, I mean, what we see in the microcosm, we see it in the macrocosm. You know, uh, how we collaborate uh, globally for environmental challenges. Um, you know. Uh, in, in the global economy, uh, you know, for global health issues, uh, you, you know, we've seen with COVID, it's 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 not always um, easy. Uh, there's a lot of mistrust uh, and uh, and and fear sometimes, and mistrust and fear drives 
human motivation more than love and collaboration. You know, I mean, this is how we are pre-built design. Uh, um. <laughs> are you are you describing a uh, surviving mechanism as for, in, in your opinion? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I do see a, a common thread, a common denominator in all your uh, your background so far. I'm just wondering where uh, where do you draw your inspiration from? Justice, I guess. Uh, so social justice. So, um, I mean, we're here on Earth for a very short time, right? Mm -hmm. We 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 all came with nothing, and we will leave with nothing, empty-handed. Um, so, is is this um, world a, a simulation? Uh, you know, how many levels of reality do we have here? Um, and uh, you know, um, do we get lost in the mat matrix, or do we create conditions? Um, for future generations. So at this point of time, I feel that, you know, we are on a rough edge. Um, you know, we haven't really tackled the many sustainable development challenges. Uh, inequality uh, in countries and among countries is still growing. Mm -hmm. um, there are still the haves and the have-nots. Uh, and, and I guess I always felt um, human before, before, before nation um you know um so that that's just where i got my inspiration i think uh I, I would not stop doing what i'm i'm doing until i see you know genuine progress um towards you know achieving some of the the sustainable development goals that, okay that so set. triggers me to ask you how would you define success what's your success what, and what are you proud of? What what have been your key milestones so far in your career and your life? I mean, there there, there can there can be lots of uh, of success. I think I think my my greatest success is to be able to stay on track with what I feel, uh, with what inspires me. Uh, I think I think you know, despite the challenges. Um, you know, I've had um, financial success, um, you know, building uh, innovative tech solutions. I've had, um, uh, you know, emotional success, uh, you know, um, in, in many uh, NGO activities. Um, and, um, and, and I feel personal success, you know, having been able to, to write a novel, um, to having, you know, planted a few seeds to contribute to advancing the republic and democracy in the world you know um it's it's um i you know as 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 i i i rather not look at you know um success in in terms of you know outcomes but but rather it just being able to continue to do what i'm doing you know like um like um like picasso or, or you know he he would he would he would keep on creating his work <laughs> he can't stop and say you know well this is my masterpiece and you know yes just to keep going on so something else that fuels him and 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 fuels the human spirit yeah. Uh, and, and and so if we are able to, if I am able to continue to to lift my human spirit without constraint um, and manage the difficulties, but yet continue to to plant the seeds in the garden I wish to see, 
then then you know then that's the success you know and then okay. um the joy would be when the flowers blossom and the fruits are edible <laughs> okay yeah okay now Raju, you just briefly showed us a you could say a copy of i, I would see one of your milestones uh, the mm -hmm. book shine it's it's actually quite a thick book yeah, Maybe yeah. show it again briefly yeah it's uh it's uh 480 pages yeah um yeah it's uh, written uh, uh, in, in you know a bit um, a bit um, the text is uh, I think twelve. Yeah. Um, and, okay. Uh, no, we can't see that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to finish this discussion about this book. Shine. Uh, first of all, why the title Shine? What do you want? What message do you want to convey by calling your book Shine? Well, I think the the, the key message is. Um, uh, how can we shine from within? And, you know, uh, there's a lot of shine and stimuli that's coming from the outside world. And and living in the digital age, there's a lot of light coming from the outside world. Okay. How can we connect with, with an inner light? Okay. And and I think that we are, we are at that point in, in history that if we are not able to reconnect with our humanity and what makes us human... I think we'll just be fully immersed in in the technological world, and and we might be unable to reconnect <laughs> because of the 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 knowledge bias that that we are immersed in, you know. Okay. Yeah. Now, can you give a synopsis? What is this book about? Uh, is this a novel? Is this nonfiction? What is this? Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a novel. Okay. Um, uh, one could say it's a it's a spiritual novel, um, and and there's a lot of aspects of of nonfiction because because it's 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 basically the the journey of a man who is very concerned about you know the state of the world, the state of his own feelings, his relationships, uh, how how does he see his future, and he doesn't see a future. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know most people would then pray to God and hope for the light of God to to give them inspiration, but in this case, this man decides to decides to understand why we are not thriving. So he decides to look into the darkness to see why we are not the best that we could be. So what lessons could be learned? So he meets with the devil to 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 discuss this um and you know the devil tells him lots of different things like you know he's humorous and and and, and smart and funny and tells him that you know he's controlled 99 percent of the of humanity through its uh, political economical social cultural systems and that human beings right now at the at the dawn of the technological age might soon be in a state where they might no longer be able to have free will and think, you know. So, so that becomes the the challenge. So the the devil speaks about how he controls the human mind, the human perceptions, the belief systems, um, by by always, uh, let's say, um, uh, attempting to capture the human imagination so that the human Im imagination will not thrive so so the, the conflict became between the outer shine and the inner shine so so i call this book shine because it's a call 
for an inner shine so that we create the world we want to see that we you know the, the, you know the, the 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 world we dream of rather than being imposed by you know the the structural elements of our contemporary society and and to be enslaved or fit in there so it's a it's a radical call to to reconnect with the self um through the use of of myths and uh and, and myths are, are are very important um you know um um, now, do, in this book, do you provide uh, solutions, or do you, may, uh, I'll say, ask questions for people to think about? Exactly, exactly. So, so um, I don't think we are in a in a state of a world where we lack solutions. You know, we we don't have a problem with solutions. Techno technology is there. You know, fi financing is there. Uh, we have, we have, um, we have challenges about about our humanity about who we are as human beings and and how do we collaborate how do we see the other as ourselves um how do we see um you know how, how do we uh deal with unchecked power for example how do we uh understand the the corrupting influence of power um uh and 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 what are the you know dangers of seeking power for its own sake and and how are the responsibilities and what accountability sh should be you know so we are um in a it's it's i we have I, as human beings i think we have to do some um some inner engineering right now in in order to reevaluate uh you know new pathways uh for a sustainable society Okay. Uh, uh, at, at a you know both at national and and also at planetary level um so so um so, so how do you teach wisdom H how do you share wisdom so we, we live in a world you know hyper data hyper information hyper knowledge almost close to zero wisdom uh and 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 so in an ever increasing um data world data driven world how do we how do we understand the challenges of storytelling you know of narrative building how do we develop critical thinking around those aspects so i think these are the challenges that we face today you know in terms of um building the creative out of the box solutions that we need to 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 move on at local or, or national levels yeah uh, and how much of this book is pure fiction and how much is it based on personal experience in what you describe what you've done for tunisia and other countries around the world well uh i i think that would be a very good question for any author <laughs> right um so i guess i am limited by my own imagination uh and my own experience so so the book is a product of my imagination and my experience so naturally you know that sort of like limits to 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 you know the the power of the book um yeah i guess that's all i can say on that <laughs> okay now outside the recommendation read read your book what is the advice you would like to give to the people listening to this look they uh independent where you are uh, this is what i would do if i were you what, what what's your takeaway there 
Well, I guess uh, independent of where we are on Earth, we need to take a step back. Yeah. Uh, just a step back within and look at ourselves and how we're operating into the world, how we're operating into reality. Take a step back and understand the nature of truth. Uh, you know, especially you know, uh, given that we we might be living in a post-truth world. Um, you know, how do we understand what is a fact? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we develop um, and renew ethics and morals? moving forward in an in a AI-driven society. So I think if we are unable to take a step back, we'll just be fully immersed and we will get taken in by the wave and, you know, uh, and, and we might drown in the ocean, <laughs> you know, of knowledge. So I think taking that step back uh, is what my book um, offers. As a, as a unique experience. So instead of, you know, smashing your head against the wall and, you know, repeating the same kind of mistakes and prejudice and biases that we have that doesn't allow us to have clarity or thought and purpose, you know, perhaps reading a book around the, the, the difficulties and challenges of having clarity and, and, and single-minded purposes and, and, and understanding the biases within which we live could help us, you know, win that clarity we, which we need. So we need to 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 shine from within. So so you know that's my little play of uh, of storytelling with with um, with nation building and 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 hopefully you know um, that we can collectively light up the world. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> in a nutshell. Hey, Raj. Um... There's so many questions I'd like to ask <laughs> about your thoughts and ideas on that book, but I'd mm. say I'd recommend also the audience read the book. Mm. Uh, and I want to thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, uh, background, where you came from. And uh, yeah, uh, let's take a step back and observe what's happening. And I think uh, that's very good advice for anybody out there. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's, it's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for The Brand Called You.